Well, good morning. Well, good morning to all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious, eternal Father, our God, we honor you this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. We thank you for waking us up this morning and clothing us in our right mind and giving us the activities of our limbs. Father, we know it's because of you we live, we move, and we have our being. Father, we honor you, Lord God, with our lives today. We present them now to you as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. Father, we come before you saying, Lord, asking you for forgiveness of sins. Anything that we've done aware and unaware, God, we come before you now. We say, Lord, forgive us. And trust in and knowing that your word says that we confess our sins to you. You are faithful and just to forgive us. And we thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your death. And we thank you for your resurrection. We thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that lives with us. Abide with us. Lead us and teach us. We thank you, Lord God, for your word said that you never leave us. And God, you have honored that. Even sometimes we feel like we're left alone and don't know which way to go. You're always with us, and we thank you for that. Father, we come this morning as your people, as the sheep of your pasture. We come, Lord God, gathered in your name, that you, Lord God, may speak to us. And, Lord God, that you now, Lord God, would listen to the, to the our heart cry, the things that we have on our heart that is burning in us that is concerning us, that we want to lift before you. Knowing, God, that you are God, that you do care for us. And, God, we honor you, Lord God, for caring for such a, for such a people, Lord God, that they probably deserved death a long time ago. But thank God for your grace and your mercy oh, yeah. that have allowed us to come to this point and to come this far by faith, yeah. leaning on your everlasting arms. We thank you, Lord God, for the families you've given us. We thank you, Lord God, for the extended families that you've given us. You've added to us, Lord God, and we thank you. Lord God, some of us might have um, experienced loss, but God, there's still a gain. And God, that is gaining uh, eternal rest with you, and we thank you for that. We thank you for our families. We thank you for our spouses. We thank you for our siblings. We thank you for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God, we just thank you. Thank you, you so tremendously blessed us of the fruits of our loins, Lord God, and allow us to see the fruit of our labor. Oh, and, Father, we pray for those who, Lord God, that are uh, have come from us, and, Lord God, that we are now uh, have to stand in the gap for. Lord God, we stand in the gap for our families. We stand in the gap for our children, Lord God, that you Lord God, may use them for your glory, that they will understand the length and the breadth of your glory. And God, that all that you have done to make sure and to demonstrate your love here on the earth. And Father, you said that a child, that we train them up in the way they should go. They said, you said in your word, according to your word, that when they grow old, it would not depart for them. So we pray, Lord God, for our children, our grandchildren, Lord God, and even even friends and neighbors, Lord, that your word 
will come and be stirred up uh, inside of them, that their memory may be refreshed of who you are and all that you want to be to them. Father, we honor you today, Lord God, with that because we believe. Lord God, and trust you because your word said you wish that no man perish, but every man come unto repentance. And Father, I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that no one on our watch will be lost. No one, if we have anything to do with it, Lord God, will will lose their souls to hell. But Father, we just pray for them, Lord God, in Jesus' name, God, that you would deliver them for wherever they are. Some may be delivered, need to be delivered for one thing. Somebody may be need to be delivered from another thing. But God, they all need to be delivered. We all need to be delivered from whatever the things that plague in us and causing us to stumble and to fall. Father, we pray, God, that we will not be a stumbling block in anyone else's path. We pray, Lord God, as you continue to pour inside of us and stretch us beyond our limitations. Father, we just pray, God, in Jesus' name, God, that you would give us a a, a testimony and a lifestyle that those who are are walking amongst darkness will come into the marvelous light. We thank you, Lord God, for bringing us to such a time as this, Lord. Oh, Father, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, but we do know who holds right now, and that's you, Lord. And we trust, Lord God, that our tomorrow and our next day, our next week, our next month, and our next year will be filled with your glory and your presence, Lord God, that those who so those who will come to you will come to know you in the power of their might. Lord God, they will not just go up to the front of the church or, or make a club uh, a scene of, of just giving their hand to you, Lord God, but we pray, God, that they would give their life to you, Lord God, that they will be assured within themselves that they know who you are for themselves in Jesus' name. Father, we live in the world, Lord God, in the season and the time where people need you like never before. And Father, as people of prayer, as people of God of intercession, we come now and we stand in the gap. Yes. We throw out the lifeline to those who need you today, Lord God. Someone is thinking, Lord, but we throw out the lifeline to them, Lord God. Someone is in a convalescent home. Somebody is in a prison cell somewhere, Lord God. Somewhere, somebody, Lord God, is in a desert place. They don't know which way to go. But, Father, you know the way. Jesus declared that he was the way, the truth, and the light, Lord. And, Father, I pray, God, as we follow you, Lord God, you would take us out. You would take us to where you want us to be and where you desire for us to be, Lord. It's not about us. It's not about our, what we want, but it's all about what you want, Father. And, Father, that's what you come for, Lord God, saying, Lord, have your way, Lord God. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say, Lord God. Use us as you please, Lord God. We pray, God, in Jesus' name. There are so many times that you maybe prompt us to do something we wouldn't do it or we didn't do it, Lord God. And and we we ask you for forgiveness for that, Lord God, because we don't want nobody to slip and stumble while we're on our watch, Lord. We want to make sure, Lord, that all will come, Lord God, into a place of you, Lord. And so that's why every Sunday morning we pray for our city's officials. We pray for our state officials. We pray for our fellow government officials, Lord God, that you would give them what they need, Lord God, to be able to make the choice 
promises that they needed to make over the people that they represented in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for, for men and women that have your ear. Lord, men and women that know your voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for this, Lord God. We pray that I that if this happened, Lord God, and you said, if my people which are called by your name will humble themselves and pray, seek your face and turn from their evil ways, God, you will heal the land, Lord. And God, I remember in this real word, Lord God, and you said, you'll spare the city if you can find one righteous, Lord. I believe, God, you got some people on this, on this, in this service this morning, Lord God, that desire you, Lord, more than they desire the things of the world. They decided to serve you. They decided, Lord God, that they want you more than anything else, Lord. Their heart is ready for you, Lord God, to be used in this day, in this desert time, in this desert place, Lord God, in this world where it seems like no boundaries uh, that, that, that the enemy is having, Lord God. But we know, Lord God, that as your people continue to pray, Lord God, you will continue to turn things around in our cities, Lord God. You will continue to turn things around in our nation, Lord God. Oh, God, we pray, Lord God, Lord, you will lift up a standard, Lord God, amongst the people, Lord, in Jesus' name. You will cause black and whites to get along, God. You will cause, Lord God, people, Lord God, of all colors and genders and nationalities to realize that they are one people, one God, one faith, and one baptism, Lord God. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, because in you there is no Baptist, there is no holiness, there is no Methodist, there is no Catholic, Lord God. It's just one God, and that's you, Lord God, and we serve you, and we glorify you. And that's why we invite you in this service this morning. That's why we invite your presence, Lord God, to rest in the, on this on this service this morning. We come, Lord God, as empty pitchers standing before a full fountain, Lord. And, God, we send, fill us our hearts, Lord God. Fill us with what we need, Lord God. Quench the thirst of our souls, Lord God. Give us, Lord God. Give the man of God a word, Lord God. We trust that the word that you would give him, Lord God, will satisfy our hunger. Lord God, it will put us on the right path. Will give us what we need, Lord God. The joy that we need. The peace that we need. Lord God, in Jesus' name. God, we love you today. Lord God, we just pray, God, that as we come, Lord God, we come, Lord God. Lord God, to praise you, Lord God, and to, and to honor you, Lord God. As the heat, Lord God, is rising, and Lord God, and, and people are going back outside, Lord God, after coming out of about 18, 16, 17 months, Lord God, of being sequestered, wearing masses, and being being separated, Lord God. We just pray that, Lord God, as people mingle again, that your peace will remain. Lord God, don't cause, Lord God, allow them, Lord God, to, to operate in the spirit of peace, Lord God, in Jesus' name. God, we love you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord God. And as we come today, we come with open hearts, Lord God, looking to see your face, Lord God. Oh, God, looking to see the things of you, Lord God. Oh, God, we pray for those who are sick in their body. Lord God, those who are not feeling well, Lord God, aches and pains, arthritis, rheumatism, Lord God, and, and all kinds of things, Lord God, are going on in their bodies. But, Father, we pray, God, that you would heal them and touch them this morning. Lord God, give a miracle to someone on this line. Give a miracle to everyone that's on, that comes to your service this morning, Lord God. Let minds be healed. Let bodies be healed. Let souls be regenerated, Lord God. And, and Lord God, this just bursting with your love, Lord God. 
God. Allow the love, allow the love that you spoke about, Lord Jesus, in your word to overshower us, Lord God. Allow us to put our personal agenda aside, our personal feelings aside, but God, to give you all, just to, just to give it all to you, Lord God, as we praise you, we glorify you, we deem it to be so according to your word, Lord God. We believe and we trust you, Lord God. We believe and we trust in you more than we trust our money, more than we trust our government, more than we trust our own selves, Lord. We trust you, Lord God. Oh, God, we will trust you until the day we die, Lord God. We will trust you. We will honor you with our substance. We will honor you with our bodies. We will honor you with our minds. Lord, we love you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord God. We ask all of this according to who you who you are and who you are to us, Lord God. And we praise you. We give your name to glory. In Jesus' name, oh God. Oh, we praise you, Lord God. I was seeking deepest sin all from the peaceful shores. Very deeply stained with sin, thinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters he lifted me, now safe am I. At this time, to go into a moment of meditation and prayer. Maybe some things that we didn't ask God for or seek God or beseech him this morning. Let's utilize that time to take it to the Lord now. From the waters he lifted me, now safe have my love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, oh, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, Love lifted me. Well, oh, good morning, good morning, good morning, first virtual. Oh, we are live and, and ready to receive what the Lord has for us today. I hope you are. I am. And welcome, welcome all of you all. Welcome you members, welcome you guests to the first virtual church service this morning. Truly God is good and he's worthy to be praised. Look, I don't know about you. I know God is going to do something. So put your coffee in a safe place. Don't put your eggs on yet. Just save them for a little, a little later to after you get off. Because I don't want you to spill nothing and drop nothing on the floor. Because... 
on our services, anything could happen. This might be the day that the Lord had you run around the house and just praise and jump and magnify the Lord because he is good and he's worthy to be praised. On the behalf of the pastor and first lady and all of the, all of the people at First Virtual, we welcome you and we pray that you will um, just get ready to receive of the Lord. God is good and he's worthy to be praised. Well, good morning, Brother Dennis. And good morning to you, Pastor Booth. Thank you for your prayer this morning. That was uh, definitely, everybody needs prayer. Everybody needs prayer. And every Sunday morning, I look forward to you know you leading us and blessing us with, with your prayer. Thank you, Brother. You're welcome, sir. God bless you. God bless you. morning everyone what a day i remember last week it was it was a little cloudy and rainy and messed up well today it's going to be a repeat of what it was yesterday you know every day is a good day in the lord amen and especially on the sabbath we look forward to, to hearing things and and, and and praising god um you know as it, 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 it always amazes me with uh, how God works in, in, in different ways in my life and how he brings things to the, the forefront uh, when I uh, think about what uh, what kind of scripture I'm going to present to you all on Sunday morning. Um, things are getting hectic uh, around here. Um, I think you've all noticed that. As, uh, you can't turn on that square box without having somebody proclaim that they're the best for the job they've done it before they know what they're doing uh, they got a good record uh, it's the best thing that ever happened for, to Virginia and we should uh, cast our vote for them or you know they are so great it, it, it's hard to uh, not see who they are you know because they're going to tell you who they are they're going to tell you what they did why they why they're doing it and uh, you know no doubt there are they're, they're good at what they do they're good at advertising who they are um, you know their uh, uh, their resume is at the forefront and and that resume is, is based on what uh, on their past performance you know, I uh, I wonder about that sometimes. You know, we, uh, you know, uh, uh, being in business for myself, you know, everybody says, well, you know, what have you done? And, well, this is what I've done. Uh, you know, can you can you show me? Can you tell me? Can you show me pictures? Can you uh, give me references? Uh, uh, you know, being in the construction industry uh, has a bad uh, sometimes it's got a bad rap. Um, and I say, sure, uh, who you want to talk to? Let me give you the good people. I'm not going to give you any of the bad people, right? I mean, that's that's what people do. I mean, uh, you know, if you had a bad experience, you're not going to give No, I'm not going to give you this name because he's going to tell, tell you how bad I am. Let me give you this name because this is people that, uh, you know, uh, just going to talk to me, uh, going to tell tell you how good I am or, or what a great job I did for him. Um, you know, uh, Let's see. Let me let me not. So so you know that that always entered into it. And, and when people would ask me for references, I had I had a list. I had a list of references. Uh, my references went back 15 years or more sometimes, and they would go, 
you didn't work for them that long ago? I said, sure. This way you can call them and find out how they enjoy what I've done for them over the past years. You know, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, let me build you something and hopefully it won't fall apart within the next five years because that's all I'm guaranteeing it for. Well, what happens after that? Well, you know, so sometimes you have to stretch. So all this being said, I found a little verse in Scripture in Proverbs. It kind of speaks to what's going on today. And it kind of speaks to what we have to avoid in our lives. You know, when the, when the disciples were with Jesus, they, they bickered amongst each other. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus wasn't out there uh, telling people, you know, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing for you. Go tell the world about that. You know, some of his miracles, when he got that, when he, when he healed people, sometimes he'd tell, tell no one. Don't tell anybody. Just go home. Just go home and praise God. You know, praise God for what I did. And, and, and that's it. Tell no one. You know, that's, uh, wait a minute. Uh, why, why don't you want to tell somebody? You know, Jesus was falling all over the place. Once his reputation or once, you know, it, it preceded him. You know, he'd get out of the boat, get away from people. He could get on, come up the shore, and there'd be people waiting for him. So people knew who he was. He didn't have to tell people. He didn't have to brag about who he was when he was being questioned. Uh, you know, uh, what, what did he say? Well, who do you say I am? You know, you say it, that's who I am. You know. And who do you believe I am? You know, and his and his disciples. Oh, I want to be next to you. I want to sit on your right side. I want to be. I want to be your right hand person. I want to be this. I want to be that. Uh, you know, uh, Judas was the same way. Oh, we're going to be great. This is going to. You know, you're going to rule the world, and I'm going to be right there with you. Uh, and then when that didn't happen, we all know what happened. So sometimes we have to take a step back and and and, and look at ourselves. I know in my own life. I, I struggled. I, I still do. You know, we walk on on this earth, and we're, we're going to struggle with with things in our life. Uh, ministers struggle all the time, all the time, with with uh, with things. I, I had one uh, minister talk to me, and he said, "Look, I, when you when you pray for me, pray for me. This is what I need you to pray for me for. Pray for this protection. Pray for me that I don't become." Prideful. I don't. I don't say this is. Look what I am. Ah, look what I have. I am a doctor. I have a doctor in and, and I have this education, and I lead a great congregation, and I am the. I have the. You know the the prettiest wife, the nicest family, the biggest car. No, that's what you know tells us to do, right? Because we know. Because if, if we look at things, you know, when I had my hardest time in, in, with my business is when I would become maybe boastful, too boastful, but most of all, I'd become prideful. And, and that's what I have to, have to fight against. You, you know, pride is a terrible thing. It's okay to be happy and, and glad in who you are. We're supposed to be. But do we need to wear it on our sleeves? The politicians this time of year, it, it's crazy, you know? Look what I am. Look what I did. Look what I, you know, look where I want to. This is what I want to do. It's not what you want to do. It's what you want the people 
you want to do for the people. And, and, and you should open up your life and, and let God lead you. When, when God leads me, I, I don't stub my toe. When I leave myself, I trip all the time. And Proverbs uh, 16, verse 8, real simple. It says, pride goes before destruction. Oh, a haughty spirit before what? Failure. Okay. Have you ever got real boastful, real prideful? Have you ever tripped and fell? I have. I have. You know, sometimes I, I would have to go and say, oh, you know, hey, this is what's going on. Even to my own family, even to my own wife. If if, if things weren't going right and, and she'd say, are you okay? I'd be like, uh, I'm all right. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. But, you know, sometimes you have to open up and say, no, it's not okay. I need help. I need you to pray about this. I need you to pray for me to help me get over this. You know, we just went through, uh, uh, you know, a holiday, uh, uh, Memorial Day. And, and, and um, you know, we talked about that on Monday. With what is Memorial Day to you? And, and, and we have to think about it, you know. We have to think about it. And, and, and really understand what it is, you know. So that's important. You know, we can't put self before. Before who? Before God. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. Oh, I can do a better job. Better than who? Better than God? I don't think so. You know, one of the things I learned when you deal with uh, people with addictions and, and things like that, you have to tell them, look, you can't be God. You can't fix yourself. You have to be open and let God fix you, you know. Mm, too. They would come to me and say, hey, Dennis, can you fix me? Uh, no, I can't fix you. You have to fix yourself. But you have to get down on your knees and ask God for that help to help fix you and help to get you over that bad thing that's going on in your life, whatever it is, you know. Help me, Lord. Give me the strength I need to face tomorrow. Give me the strength I need. But give it to me. I can't do it. You know, I can't, I can't make things appear and disappear. You know, I can't heal your heart. God can only heal your heart. And sometimes when we, we have that pride in our lives, we have to remember, you know, don't say, look who I am, look, look what I've done. Sure, that's all great. Yeah, we're, we're told to make, you know, write a resume so you can go get a great job. You know, that resume don't tell people who you are. That's just a piece of paper. Tells you what you did. It's not what you did. It's who you are at this time. It's what you're going to be in the future. And, and you have to remember that. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? Do you want to? Do you want to self-destruct? Ooh, I know a lot of people. Well, I know people that have done that. If you do, you know some politicians. Do you know some ministers that have self-destruct? Yes, you do. I remember. Right. And we should use that as an example to learn. You know, you can't get up on that. It was say, don't get up on that high horse, because when you fall, it's a long way down. Amen. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember, we can't can't be God. We can't play God. We gotta let God be God, yeah. and and let our hearts be softened and and follow what He has taught us and teaches us. 
you know. I, I talked to my brother the other day, and I said, look at this. I mean, God, Jesus was on the earth. Uh, his, his ministry, how, how long was his, did his ministry last? Was it hundreds of years? Was it 10 years? Was it five years? You know, no, not even close. The three-plus years that he walked and ministered to people changed the world. So if God can change the world in, 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 his, in his short ministry time, how, how can we change our community when we have a lifetime to live? Can we change our families? Can we change our friends? Not without, without the help of God, amen? Not without the help of prayers. So sometimes we can't, we can't just believe in what we are. We have to show people what we are and what we believe in and not get up on that horse and say, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to come in and save you. That's not our job. Our job is to point them to who? To Jesus, to God, and let them know that salvation is there. Their life is there. Their future is there. But it's with God, and it's with Jesus. And no one else can lead them and take them through the times that they'll face, not, with, not without peace in their hearts not without the help of, of, of Jesus, not without the help of our salvation. So when, when sometimes we get a little smarty, smarty, cocky, whatever you want to call it, sometimes we have to look back and go, whoa, wait a minute, I'm not doing this. I didn't do this. God gave me this talent. He gave me the talent to work with wood. He gave me the talent to preach. He gave me the talent to what? To save, to talk to people. Everyone has that talent to talk to people. We use our own wisdom and discernment to tell them uh, who Jesus is. We give our own testimony to tell them who Jesus is. Everybody has a testimony. Everybody has a story. Every story is different, but the end should be the same. And that's amen. salvation through Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Mm. Call a prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. That's what that said, didn't it? No, mm-hmm. that's not it. Peter, do you love me? Of course I love you, Jesus. Call revival. No, that don't sound it either. That don't sound right. I need to get my Bible. I don't think that's right. No, no, no. He said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed them. Very, very poetic. I thought about this and I had already had my mind prepared about where I was going, so please understand that this is not a, an attack on indictment, and I'm going to edit my thoughts because sometimes church becomes that we forget people are involved 
sometimes even the preacher forgets that nobody cares about his sermon. They have needs, they have desires, they have hopes and they have dreams, and they come here in search of those hopes, in search of those dreams. And we find ourselves now in a war because COVID is ending, the churches are opening, and we're searching for our members. We're forgetting the people involved, and they need help. Everybody hollers about help, and they've been doing it so beautifully this morning. But even I sometimes sit down and look at it outside of a church lens. How do you help people? I'm going to do something this morning very quickly. Mama Bell, go ahead and get your fingers in the water and they can, they can think about this while you play. And then we'll talk about this a little later. Okay. There's a lot of work that needs to be done around here. We have to rally the troops, if you will. And so I'm going to sit down and talk to each and every one of you personally. I'm, I thought I was going to do this here, but I'm not, because I'm going to sit down with you and explain myself individually. But it's going to require some help. I was talking to Mama Bell earlier, and I said, God loves me, but the gas tank don't love nobody. We can't do ministry effectively just by preaching sermons. That is the struggle that we're having, not just here at First Virtual, but at churches everywhere. People are hungry. They need to be fed. They need food. They need jobs. They need resources. And so I would like for you to prayerfully consider that conversation that we're going to have. It's it's very small of you now, so I can do this on a one-on-one basis and really sit down and explain myself so we can have some time. If it takes me 10 hours to do it, that's all right. That's an hour or so per person. And then when we back here, we'll have a full understanding of where my heart is moving forward. But I would like for you in the meantime to consider what does your world look like beyond Sunday morning? Beyond your spiritual high. Why, when you talk to people, do they dismiss you? Why do they not want to hear about your God? There's a reason for that. That's something that I search for each and every day. And I would like for you to consider that, if you will. 
Mama Bell's gonna play and we gonna we gonna talk a little bit in a minute. Mama Bell. Okay, okay. number seven verse one through four second king chapter seven verse one through four and it reads Elisha replied, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, at the gate of Samaria, six quarts of fine meal will sell for a shekel, and 12 quarts of barley will sell for a shekel. Then the captain, the king's right hand, responded to the man of God, look, even if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, could this really happen? Elisha announced, you will in fact see it 
with your own eyes, but you won't eat any of it. Four men with a skin disease were at the entrance to the gate. They said to each other, why just sit here until we die? If we say, let's go into the city, we will die there because the famine is in the city. But if we sit here, we will also die. So now come, come on, let's go to the Armenians camp. If they let us live, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. Out of that part, I want to focus on somewhere around the middle passage of that. I can open it here and tell you exactly where my attention wants to, to rest. I believe I want to be around about that fourth verse. If we say, let's go into the city, we will die there because the famine is in the city. But if we sit here, we will also die. So now, come on, let's go. I want to talk to you from the subject that they have out there in the streets. They, they have this little saying out there. It's called, send it. Just now, kind Father, we ask you for the opportunity to clearly present this case today. We thank you, first of all, for saying we ask that these, your spiritual jurors, both now and forever, will hear clearly and interpret strongly what it is that you are saying to us, that we will, without shadow of doubt, know what our purpose and mission statement is leaving from this time together. And all those in agreement with that statement respond with a howdy. Amen. And amen. Just send it. That's a slang term that has been utilized throughout the sports world. I became familiar with the term watching the YouTube series some time ago. There were these YouTube, these brothers, if you will. They were known as the Paul brothers. If you uh, have paid close attention to your news and can remember the gossip section of same you recall that the Paul brothers have uh, not been shy of controversy here in the last two or three years. Most notably, the Paul brothers, who were YouTubers and film stars, have now uh, converted into the world of boxing. And uh, Logan Paul, the elder of the two, is uh, soon to take on a boxing match with the undefeated Floyd Money Mayweather. There's other uh, 
uh, opportunities for boxing as it pertains to the Paul brothers with the younger of the two, Jake, having some conversations with Dana White of UFC. All that's not important, just to give you a little reference in case you needed to know where to look for these particular individuals. But the fascinating thing, even though it is not relevant, uh, their resume, if you will, their resume is still significant and very fascinating because they have spent their lives living under this philosophy of just send it. They were boys out of Ohio. Their family was somewhat middle to lower class. Their parents divorced, and they left high school and went to college, at least one did, studied to be an engineer, I believe, and was very successful in his study, straight-A student. I'm talking about the elder brother, Logan, until he dropped out and decided that he wanted to pursue a career in entertainment. He packed his bags and flew from Ohio, which, as you know, is a little bit west of here, all the way to the other side of the country, to Los Angeles, where all of the stars live, and set up shop amongst those who are important in the film industry. He participated in a few movies, a few uh, docu-series, some Netflix series, YouTube series, the case goes on. And he rose himself to the top of the YouTube charts in some 10 to 12 months. The truth of the matter is, one day we blunked and he was zero, and the next day before that blunk was completed, he had dominated the YouTube space. He did it off of the mindset of send it. He had no fear. He had no thought. The idea or concept of send it is defined as not taking the time to process. We just do it. Shoot first and ask questions later. And his success story, even though it has a lot of tragedy and certainly even more amount of controversy, one thing that cannot be argued is his ability to pursue whatever it is he is attempting to do without any recourse of the next step. What do I mean by that? He takes his opportunities, these two brothers. Let's go ahead and throw both of them in here at this time. And they just jump. They have really no plan. They don't really think about how the system is going to react. They don't even really think about how those around them are going to react. They just jump, and they go. There was this famous CEO that also is in this space, the YouTube space I'm referring to, and media, if you will, who did a little expose on these two brothers. He uses it because this gentleman I'm referring to, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's better known on the Internet as Gary V, or in some of your uh, media uh, outlets, MSNBC, CNBC, ABC, all those boys and girls have had connection with him. He sits there and he, he did this expose because he uses 
people like the Paul brothers to teach. He's almost, dare I say, the world's greatest Internet marketing teacher. Most of you would probably not approve of his methods nine times out of ten because he's the one that's going around here telling people to drop out of school because it's pointless. If you have a dream, why go into 40 and 50 and 60 to $100 million worth of debt somewhat bare by the time you add up the interest and the stress and the other uh, niceties, that's a nice way to put it, that goes along with it when you could just go out and pursue it, try it, or as our topic or subject matter says, just send it. Gary Vee, as I was saying, did an expose on these young men. He uh, utilized them in one of his, his lectures. He said, you know, the fascinating thing about these Paul brothers, even though I cannot and will not condone their methods. And granted, again, let me use a disclaimer here that uh, I do not uh, wish to own the sneak or even verbatim or out in open, whatever you want to say there, uh, approve of certain things that they have done. Actually, about 95% of what these brothers have done I disapprove of. But the 5% that we all can agree on, as I would Gladly mention again, and to fear of being repetitive, please forgive me, it sounds like a broken record at this moment, but they have no fear. Mr. Paul, Mr. well, both of the Paul brothers, should I say, Mr. Logan Paul is what I was thinking about, and Mr. Jake Paul second sat down and, and helped Gary Vee, and he asked them, these two, Gary V did. He said, how do you operate with no fear? Now, granted, they're 19 at the time, 20, 21, should I say. I'm not really familiar with when the project was done. Please forgive me. You know time is a blur with me. But they couldn't answer because deep down inside, they were still little boys. As they say, they still had the diapers on. The diaper print of their behind was still, you understand, you've said it for the Gary Vee, recognizing that even though their attitude was high and their personality was sane, their articulation skills, skills were still a little lacking, he filled in the gaps for them. And he said, you know something? You did what you did to the best that you can do it. You did what you did to the best that you can do it. That's very interesting to me because even I can't understand that. What do you mean you did what you did to the best that you can do it? Well, they came from broken families. As I said, their parents were divorced. Their dad and mom did not uh, have the best influence on them, at least, at least from a Christian moral perspective, I'm sure. Uh, if I gave a couple of preachers an opportunity to sit down with them, you can find about five holes, well, 500 of them if you want to be real with you, in the first five minutes. But they did what they did to the best that they can do it. They didn't think about their limitations. They never thought about how 
their upbringing look on society. They never really paid much attention to the fact that they may not know how to properly tie their shoes. I'm just using that as an example. They didn't think about the fact that they might have gone to the White House and didn't know protocol. They may not understand that yes, sir, and no, sir, and greetings and salutations was the proper way of addressing people. They may have never experienced the fact that they take and put their napkin either in their lap or tuck it in their top of their shirt. They may not know what a butter knife is or a fork that is used just for the salad when the other one is used for the main course. They were never exposed to that, but they did what they did with what they had. And Gary V asked a question to many people sitting in the room, all of them who had been exposed, who had been properly trained, who had been to the greatest institutions, who had sat under the greatest leaders, who had come from the highest walks of life, whose parents both were sitting at their fingertips at just a breaking call, ten numbers, and both of them would be there, and yet... They couldn't do what they do with what they had. Some, Gary V said, sometimes we look at ourselves and we, as Brother Dennis said early, boast too much. You boast too much about your qualifications, your skills, your abilities. And even though some would say that having the ego is not good, it's also very dangerous because once you have built yourself up so high, where else can you go? It comes to the point where you find yourself in a position where the great Michael Jackson, God bless his soul, there was a report about how after he made his great tape in 1980, 90, somewhere, you know the timeline. Please don't, don't let me hang up there. The greatest tape that many would argue he ever made was Thriller. After that tape, he really couldn't produce much else because he had outdone himself. He had set the bar so high for himself that even he could not reach it anymore. How high have you set the bar? Do you look at life from the perspective that when I have to get out, I have to go and get a good job, I have to go and work for this company, I have to have these many degrees, I have to have this bigger house, I have to have this nice car. I'm not talking about looking at things from a perspective of greed or gluttony. I'm talking about how we can neglect our own destiny because we have to fulfill things that we've been taught. Sometimes we come down here to the church and it is shunned, our cars. You ever notice how cars always shunned, yet new ones still show up the next Sunday? Apparently ain't nobody paying attention. You ever notice how clothes are shunned and yet new suits come in the door? You can tell, smell new. Fresh out the cleaner. The creases is pristine all the way down to the pleats. You ever notice how 
people talk about those who have a lot of money, and we should not focus on our money, and yet dollars still fly. Because there's a contradiction there. On one side, it is a discussion that these things should not be important, but on the other side, they are. How can one survive if he has no resources? Vepco could care less about your God or your faith. Neither can Virginia Natural Gas, Cox Cable. And before we attack the cable companies, the reality of it is a lot of our education comes through the Internet, so if we cut that off, well, then we just limited ourselves and even more disenfranchised ourselves. Sometimes the things that are being attacked are the things that are actually there to help move us into the next level. This idea of send it, just fire the shot as it's used in military slang. Don't think, go for it as it's used in the sports world. Do it without thinking as it's used in the entertainment world. It's another term that was used out there. If you're thinking, you're thinking. All of these compile themselves together to ask a simple question. How many dreams have died because of the lack of ability to just send it. You ever sat there just pondering over something? Maybe I'll just talk about me because I don't want to get in anybody's business. I don't think it's fair, and I don't want to project my feelings onto someone else. So I have had many a times when I sat in the room for hours and told myself every reason why what I think I need to do and dare I say what I believe I need to do should not get done. Oh, I've heard the voices of grandmother. I've heard the voices of first lady. I've heard the voices of mamas and aunts and uncles and cousins and Johns and Junes and Beatles. All of them talk to me. They've had conventions in my head. I have willingly called conferences within my own brain just so those voices could contradict and fight everything. And I like to tell myself that these voices are there to give me a good opinion about the situation. I like to tell myself that these voices are there to keep me grounded and give me perspective. That's what I like to tell myself. But the reality of it is those voices are there to shield the ultimate reality. Just being scared to death. Are you scared of the idea? Absolutely not. Are you scared of where you can go? Well, that could be a part of it. But most of the time, it's the fear of failure. What happens if I try and it doesn't work. What happens if I step out and I spend this $2 and I lose it? 
I look at sometimes my stock portfolio, and I've been playing around with it a couple of days ago, and please do not take any. Actually, I'm not going to give you any advice, and you can't say that you're lost with me. But I thought about it the other day when I was sitting there and I had a particular company, and I'm going to say it like that because I don't want you to go and invest in no companies on my account. Just like I don't know how to tell you about your body, I don't know how to tell you about your finances. But I invested in this company some time ago. The company was at some $3 and some change. It was fluctuating between 3 330 and 360 somewhere in there. It's all a blur at this moment in time. But I got kind of frustrated with it. It was profiteering between 13 and 25 cents. I think I had, I don't know, a good portion of shares. That low, it would probably be somewhere in the three to four shares because now that I think about it, I was just freshly starting out in the market, so I didn't have much money in there. And I was looking for that fast fix. And I took this stock, and after some time, I I also would like to add there, too, now that I'm processing it and thinking about it more, this was getting close to the pandemic. This particular company was definitely going to get hit by that business or that piece of business, should I say, the pandemic being the piece of business. And I took advice from somebody. And I dropped that stock. That stock was at $3 and some change, and I dropped it. Now, there's some who would argue, well, Eric, you did a good deed. You, they saved you. They got you out. They, they knew what they were talking about. After all, this was a financial teacher. She, she has experience in economics, and she knows the market. She has to teach our young people about this each and every day. Of course, she should give you that advice. That's great. You should be happy, except $3 six months later turned into 75 and I was gone. Now, I didn't come here to talk about the fact that I went from 3 to 75 in a loss. I didn't come here to talk about the woman that gave me that advice and told me to quit. No, that's not the point. The point was it went up and then it dropped back down to about 22. It was a fluctuating situation. You might know of it. It was a a big thing in the news where this uh, community called Reddit or a little community on Reddit had started playing around and and declared war on the marketplace. That's about as far as I'm going to go because if I go any further, it's going to tell you where I am, and I really don't want to do that. I'm not here to give you advice on your finances. But because of that, that war that was declared – This stock that I had shot up, and I was shut out. The important thing was I sat there, and I got angry, and I fussed, and I was mad. And I sat there, and I watched it go up, 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 down, up, 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 down. And I had a conversation in my head, and I called the person I did, and I did not say anything because I didn't want to hurt their feelings, but I really wanted to tell her how I felt about her. But I didn't like her. But I was mad. I shouldn't have never listened to her. And then 
the voice popped into my head. It was that good voice that you know about, that good voice. Say, boy, just buy back in. What's the point now? It was at $3 a share, and it shot up to 65 and then it went back down. Boy, just buy back in. Well, I'm going to lose, and I, da, da, da. And I called the same person I know, smacked me somewhere virtually and said, you fool. Well, you did a good job. You got out the first time, but I don't know. You know, it's very volatile now, that stock. I don't think you should do that. No, 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 no. I think you should go ahead and, and just leave it be. Don't don't go back in there because, you know, if it's going up. Yes, it's doing good. They they got control of the market, these little amateurs on that Internet thing known as Reddit. They're, they got it there, but, but when they get done, it's, 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 the market is going to find a way to defeat them. It's going to shoot back down. And it went through my brain, that conversation, until that other voice came back, boy, by the stock. So I decided I had a couple of dollars. I had some things over there that I really didn't need, and I put it in. I bought the stock, and I went to sleep, and I got up the next morning about 5.30 in the morning, and that same voice said, check your portfolio. And I checked my portfolio, and it was $3 and some change, and it shot up to 65 That would have tripled my money at the time, or doubled it, should I say. But I had more resources now. I had more ammo now. So even though I bought in at 30 it shot up to 70 and not only did I get what I lost the first time, I doubled that. And then that boy say, sell it. I said, well, 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 it might go up, sell it. And I hit sell, and that thing went right back down to the toilet. It was almost like God had opened the proverbial Red Sea just to let me get back what I had lost. Send it. What would have happened if I had just sat there listening to those voices in my head? What would have happened if I had not went with that gut feeling? I would have not just lost Again, what I lost the first time, but I would have lost the profit on the loss. Just said it. Back to Gary Vee, and I'm going to make my way to a landing. Because he gave some points, Gary Vee did, about this lack of sending in many of our communities. He said, you know, this fear of failure, this fear of change, this, this fear of confidence, all that ties in. And then he said something that made my skin crawl. He sure did. And, and it made the preacher, the 30-some-year the church boy in me, get a little bit mad. He said, sometimes we cling to things 
because that's the only thing that keeps us from being freed. And then he asked, he said to this young man, he said it just like this, and this would make my skin crawl until I thought about what he said. He said, how do you know God will save you if you never let him go? How do you know he'll save you if you never walked out of his house? How do you know that what you believe is real if it was never tested? Now, the way he said it, again, it cooked my goose. How dare you, you big old atheist. You're just another one of them people who attack the church and think that church folks and all things connected are just a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about. But then I thought about it. He, he got some there. Huh. God takes the foolish things to confine the wise. There's something there. Because when you think about it, over there in Malachi said, Try me and see. Oh, there's the test drive right there. So even God says, try. Test me out a little bit. And then Brother B came over and he said something else. He said, and this this cooked my goose too. He said, don't let your faith be a crutch. Don't let your faith be a crutch. What do you mean, Brother Gary V? don't let your faith be a crutch? Sometimes your faith can be a crutch because you wrap up in what you know that you're afraid of what you don't know. Most Christians do not like the idea that there is a possibility. If you look at it through the concept, if you really want to peel back the onion and get to the allergic-induced section, hold on tight here. We're going for a ride. This is going to jar you. Can you really say without shadow or doubt that God sits in heaven. You cannot because you've not seen him there. Blessed are they who believe, even though they've not seen. How do you know where heaven is? There is no road map. There is no ways. Google can't get you there, nor can Apple. I don't even know if there's a proper transportation system even thought of. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor have it entered into the hearts of man. Ah, you remember that one time they tried. You saw how that ended. What if a lot of the things that we have thought might have some truth? Some of us cannot accept it because there's a fear that if 
we look at something else, it will cripple our faith. But how can you know the strength of your faith if it's never been tested? Just send it. I conclude. Just give me a few more minutes. I'm going to try to finish this up. If I go over, I'm only going to take five minutes of your time. There was this young man who ran for political office back in 1832, and he failed. He was brutally defeated. And he left the stage of defeat with his head hung down. His supporters have started to turn on him. His friends, even though they hadn't turned on him, but they were whispering in his ear. I don't know why you're doing this. You might want to reconsider. Maybe the system and the stars and God himself are trying to tell you that this is not a good idea. You got beat badly, except the sign, move on. This gentleman, despite the odds, they, they tell me he did think about it, that he is a human being. He thought about it. It bothered him a little bit. But two years later, he got up, and he ran again, and he won. He defeated the man who defeated him two years ago bigger than he lost the first time. He told himself to just send it. They asked him, why did you come back? Why did you try this again? I'm grateful that you did. You, you won it. It's obvious that you are the man. But what made you consider it? All of your supporters turned on you. All of your friends thought it was a bad idea. They got in the local press, the newspapers back then. That was the way that they communicated. And, or either they got up on a pole with a tin can and string. I really don't know. But all of the pundits was against you. And he said something to this effect. He must have had a conversation with Brother Paul because he said, what do you say to these things? If God be for me, who can be against me? That's why I ran again. But your friends, they turned on you. They left you. How do you feel about that? He, he, said, he said over there he had another conversation with a great evangelist named John. And he said, well, something to this effect. It wasn't his exact words. I, I'm not that old. I did not hear it. But it was something to this effect. They left us because they didn't belong to us. But if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, because they left, it proved they were never my friends in the first place. He understood 
your friends don't turn you away from your destiny. It doesn't deprive you of your dreams. Your friends don't crucify your goals. And that young man went on to win his state legislature. 16 years later, that number is very significant. Remember that as I bring myself to a close. He headed up to Washington, D.C. Then from there, he found himself in the White House. He had a mission statement. He had a purpose. He had an agenda. He believed that he was supposed to do something, and he set out to do it. And despite all the odds, despite all the goals, despite all of the things that was against him, he went and he tried. He sent it. And when somebody asked him, they said, why are you pursuing this goal? Why do you want to be president? The South has turned on your own party is against you. He was the first Republican. That gave you a clue. But the Republicans turned on. Even this city by which most of us live in voted to have him removed. And yet he kept going. He said, there's something that I must do. And if I listen, I will miss it. Because that young man listened you are free. That young man was Abraham Lincoln. He pursued it. He sent it. He went on despite all that was said. And so I look. As I go forward, Grandmama's going to come pray. I'm finished. I look at all the things that are going on around us, all of the negativity that presents itself even in this project we're doing here, all the negativity is going on on the TV screen. There's something that boils down within that tells you, but if you keep listening to them voices, I'm too old, I'm too weak, and I got these deficiencies, I got all this other stuff. God does not waste time, nor does he waste breath. And as long as you're breathing, you're vital to the cause. I asked you earlier to think about where your place was in this global mission story. It's somewhere in you. You have it. I'm, I'm sure of it. But I ask as grandmother prays that you would consider it. And you would just send it. Grandmother. She on that.
Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed. Fear not. God says, fear not. Over in Ephesians, he said, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and the depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, and to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, well without end. Gracious fathers, we come, we come standing on your word this morning. You say, fear not, be not dismayed, but help us to trust you. Help us to know that all power is in your hand. Help us to know that you love us, you care about us, and you work all things out for us. Help us to depend on you, not on what man said, but what you said, God. Help us to look to you from whence cometh our health and strength. Help us to know that you are real that you love us, you care for us, and you're able to do all things for us. Help us to put our trust in you. We thank you for the word this morning. Help us to stand tall, cry loud, and spare not. Help us to just focus on you. Keep our hands in your hands, knowing that you're going to work it all out for us. We thank you for that this morning. We praise you for the word. And help us to live by your word, knowing that you care. I love you. I praise you. I magnify your name. And I give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory to Jesus. Amen and amen. Have a beautiful week. Have a beautiful day, knowing that God loves you and you are special in God's sight. Have a great day. God bless.